But so as I'm seeking the Lord and saying it's time for war, he began to talk to me about Esther and adjusting my perspective in reference to Babylon. We need to know that God in his providence wound up bringing Israel into captivity as a disciplinary action for 70 years. But they come out under Ezra and under Nehemiah with an incredible purity and a great reformation and move of God is taking place through them at that time. But Esther actually, her story actually transpires even before Ezra or Nehemiah go back to Jerusalem. Her story is after when the first exiles under Zerubbabel and Joshua went back, but in the midst of that time is Esther. And we know the pivotal scripture is for such a time as this, Esther 4.14. And it's really, that is the turning point right there. But I want us to understand in the providence of God, he sends them to Babylon. Cyrus, who had been prophesied 150 years before his birth, is the king of Persia who conquers them, sends the Israelites, those that want to go back to Jerusalem, but in sending them back, he tells them they need to rebuild God's house because that's what he's he is commanded to be able to do. So in sending them back under that first exile, we need to see this is where the story really of Esther is between the first exiles and the next, the second and the third exiles. And what's taking place here is God is also orchestrating King Xerxes being on the throne. Vashti, when she is summoned, Queen Vashti, and summoned to come to the king, because he's been drinking for seven days and partying with princes and nobles, and he's wanted to show off her beauty to all of his, all of these leaders. Now, Jewish tradition really tells us that what he wanted her to do is come there before them naked. And so Vashti refuses to be able to go and show off her beauty to all of these people who are intoxicated at that time. As a result, what they determined through council is we're going to remove Vashti as queen. We're gonna get a multitude of virgins that are going to be a part of your harem, part of your concubines, and out of them, you're gonna be able to select a queen. Now, we need to understand that both Mordecai and Esther were nominal Jews. They did not live like Daniel or like uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Ezekiel, and I won't get into all the compromises that are there, but when the threat came, when the threat that the, of the decree of Haman came, which he actually really deceived and manipulated King Xerxes to be able to allow him to write, and it was because he was saying that the Jews are rebelling against all the king's laws. They don't follow it. And so that was his justification for really being able to annihilate all the Jews in that day and in that time. When Mordecai hears about it, he begins to tear his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes, and begins to weep out loud in the city center. Esther hears about it, and she tells, Mordecai tells Esther, this is what's going on. And tells her to go to the king, really intercede, plead. And she says, I can't unless I'm summoned. It's against the law. But he, he warns her, if you don't, really, it's going to be your life and your, your family's life as well. And maybe for such a time as this is God's purpose for you, is to be able to be here at this time. 
Now, when she takes the initiative and she goes at this time, it's fascinating to start noting this because I believe the now times of the providential care of God turns when the criteria is met. So Revelations 12, 10, and 11, where it says, then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now has come the salvation. Now has come the power. Now has come the authority of his Christ. Now has come the kingdom of our God. And who the accuser of the brethren who accuses them day and night before the throne of God has been cast down. And then it says, they, meaning you and I, the ecclesia, overcame him, the accuser, by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony, and we love not our lives so much as to shrink back from death. When David risked his life with Goliath, we saw the kingdom come. When Jonathan and his armor bearer took on a battalion, we saw the kingdom come. When Gideon and the 300 take on, we don't know how many, but many, we see the kingdom come. As soon as Esther takes the risk of her life to reveal her true identity as a Jew, to be able to not remain silent and to be able to speak and go before the king unsummoned, risking her life in doing that. Now, fortunately, what she also does is she tells Mordecai, get all the Jews in the city of Shushan to be able to fast. Don't eat or drink anything for three days. And I'll get all of those in my household to do the same. You know, there's no mention of God in Esther. There's no mention of prayer. There's nothing mentioned of anything spiritual, but it's this wonderful picture of the providence of God taking place because the 70 years are up and now it's time to show her favor. The appointed time has come like Psalm 102 talks about. And so when she goes, the king extends his scepter and says, I'll give you whatever you want up to half the kingdom. And all she asks for in her wisdom is to be able to have a meal with the king and with Haman. And when she does that, and she asks them to have a second meal as well. But when she does that, very interesting, the providence of God begins to move again in that King Xerxes cannot sleep and he awakens and he starts reading the Chronicles and looking at Mordecai wound up saving his life by revealing a conspiracy of several of two of his servants that intended to kill him. And he's thinking, what has been done to honor this man? Nothing yet. And just at that time, Haman walks in with his plan because he's angry at Mordecai. He wants to hang him. He's built the callows already to hang him on. And then the king says, what should be done for the man that he wants to honor? Haman's thinking it's himself, not knowing that it's Mordecai. And we know all of the elements of the way he's to be honored. And Haman had to be humbled honor Mordecai, bringing him through the city. And in the midst of that, then in the second meal time, Esther winds up exposing Haman and his plot. The king runs out, leaves furiously into his garden, but comes back in with uh, Haman there by Esther's couch pleading. And he's just furious. And then one of his, one of his men says, this Haman has actually built the gallows for Mordecai. And when the king heard that, he said, we're going to hang Haman on that gallows. So they hung Haman on the gallows, and they gave his estate to Esther, who gave it to Mordecai. But in the midst of this, Mordecai is then given the king's signet ring that Haman had, and has really made the right-hand man, and given the permission to write a decree. Now, without getting into too many more details, I think the elements that we need to focus on is this. I believe then we're when we are appropriating the blood of the lamb, 
silencing the enemy with the word of our testimony, and we're willing to give our lives for the advancement of the kingdom, no matter what the cost, is when the now times of the kingdom manifesting starts taking place, and God's sovereignty and his providential goodness begin to move. So we need to understand there's, even though God could do this, there's a participation he wants from us as his bride, from us as kings, priests, prophets, prophetesses, to take our place. And how this is applied, I believe, it, maybe I'll just go into a few more details. When the new decree is written, that doesn't annul the old decree of the extermination of the Jews, but the Jews can now stand and defend themselves. And because Mordecai is also honored as royalty, all of the princes, the chief officials, and the governors in each region stand and fight on behalf of the Jews. And it says multitudes within Persia became Jews as well during this time. So we see this incredible harvest taking place as well. And then the ongoing favor and honor taking place. But it's also interesting to note, before they even went to war against their enemies, they had two days of celebration with joy and gladness, simply because they had a decree. So I believe when the Feast of Purim is this year on the 16th and the 17th, we could either before that or during that time make decrees. But before we even see the results, part of our intercession, part of our faith is we need to celebrate in advance what has been decreed, knowing that God has spoken. And so what I am sensing is that we, what we need to do is we need to, like Jeremiah, stand in his counsel, hear from heaven, and all the areas where there are decrees written in the context of our government, in the context of education, in the context of whether it's any sphere of influence that's in opposition to the truth of God's word, that's in opposition to God's covenant people, and it threatens us, that we need to be able to make decrees in those areas. I actually believe that the greater the threats as they increase, that the prodigals and nominal Christians and Jews are going to start to awaken because the threats are going to shake us to the point of awakening. And everybody is going to be awakening at maybe different points in time, depending upon how greatly threatened they are. But we need to see the providence of God in all the threats. Within the context of camp, maybe what I'll also just say, I'll mention on March 1st of 2022 in China, no organization or individual shall preach on the internet, carry out religious education and training, publish sermon content, forward or link related content, organize and contact. It just goes on and on what the Christians are now being limited to do. This is just March 1st this year in China. There's similar things going on in the context of Russia. If we look at in Canada that our prime minister made a, a de declaration that we will no longer fund any anti-abortion organizations, that they can no longer have a nonprofit charitable uh, status, that's been removed. And in some bills that are happening that just recently, Bill C-4, which was conversion therapy in the preamble, it talks about the myth of male and female and the harm that myth is to society. It talks about that twice. If we look at Bill C-10 that they've tried to push through, it hasn't gone through, but it's the government determining what broadcasting and what media is going to be allowed in Canada. 
And so they're wanting to really restrict it if it doesn't align to their narrative or their agenda. The Bill 16, uh, C-16 that was passed in regards to gender identity and pronouns that have to be used that people are wanting. I'll say if we go further back, we need to look at the context of our education system that evolution has replaced creation years ago. Relativism has been progressively replacing truth. We have to see now gender fluidity is replacing male and female, and it's identified as a social construct. We need to realize because of these things, the Bible is gonna be deemed as hate literature. We need to realize these things that Christians and Jews that stand by the values and the beliefs in the context of the Bible are going to become the enemies of secularism. We need to have an understanding of what's going on in our world, but I really believe that it's time for us to stand in his presence. I believe that the Lord is wanting to release an anointing like Jeremiah to uproot and to plant, to tear down and to build, that Isaiah 51, 16 says, I have put my words in your mouth and covered you with the shadow of my hand, that you would plant the renewed heavens and establish the renewed earth for you are my people. That's what he's calling us to at this time, to realize who we are, to be making these decrees in all of this. And yet when I say this, I believe we have to stand in his presence. I believe we have to intercede and take the ground before we make the decrees. We cannot just take a scripture out of our head to be able to apply it, but we have to be able to really hear from the Lord and have the timing of the release to overwrite the decrees that have been made that are in opposition. And when I state this, here's several things that I think that are going to be going on in the midst of this. And that is, I believe God is establishing a global network of intercession where we're going to have almost if not all countries around the world, every nation, every tribe, tongue, and language that we're working together, that we are sending out targets for them to be able to pray into, that they're sending back communication of revelation they're receiving from the Lord, discernment and wisdom of what's supposed to be done. I see this network developing, equipping, and training in spiritual warfare and of also just an equipping and training of how to be able to take the ground to then step into making decrees over top of the decrees that have been written to declare those decrees. I also see apostolic and prophetic councils strategizing of what we need to be able to do with the decrees that have been written, how we are equipping the body of Christ to be able to go into spheres of influence to be able to be involved in government, to be involved in education, to be involved within all spheres of influence, to be salt in every sector of society, light in every sphere of influence, and kingdom leaven within our institutions. So this is what I see going on, but I believe that you can glean a whole lot more from Esther than even what I'm identifying. But I would like to be able to pray that over you because I'm just seeing I've already gone three minutes over my allotted time so I want to be able to pray over you and I'll send out the notes which I think will be helpful but I really believe that this is a commissioning time and a commissioning prayer and in this commissioning these are the scriptures that I want to pray over you the ones that I mentioned 
But Lord, I thank you that your word tells us in Psalm 149, and I welcome you to come and to just rest on my brothers and my sisters, that you say, let the high praise of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hands to inflict vengeance on the nations, punishment on the people, to bind their kings with fetters, their nobles with shackles of iron. And this is talking about the powers and principalities and to carry out the sentence that is written against them, for this is our inheritance and servants of the Lord. Holy Spirit, I welcome you just to continue to come, that each one as they open their mouth wide, that you would fill it, that you say, I have put my words in your mouth, and Lord, I thank you that your words in our mouth are just as powerful as they are in yours when the Spirit of God is releasing them. That, Father, that first of all, the battle is going to be won in the Spirit by hearing your word, by taking that ground, and then by declaring your decrees. And that it's going to set things into motion, and we're going to see the results of those. But, Lord, I ask that as we declare those decrees as we hear decrees that are resonating in our spirits, that part of our intercession would be already to celebrate in advance, even before that we see the results, when we have discerned that this is a true prophetic word from you. This is a true prophetic decree. And so, Lord Jesus, I welcome you to rest on each one, that you're anointing to not only be kings and go to war, not only be priests and intercede, but Lord, to be prophets and prophetesses, to be able to declare your decrees and see the results taking place. Lord, I ask for your grace to rest on some, to be a part of increasing this global network of prayer, for some to be able to be involved in the equipping of others in the area of spiritual warfare, burden-bearing intercession, for some to be equipped in the areas of just being able to declare decrees, Father, for apostles and prophets to be able to come together and based upon what the revelation being, that's being released, that strategies of implementation, mobilization, action would be taken until we see your kingdom come on earth just as it is in heaven. And Father, I ask by your spirit as different ones meditate on the book of Esther, they would realize not only is it a memorial, celebration but lord every time we look at it that it's a prophetic celebration of in your providence if this is what you did do for your covenant people this is what you're going to do for your covenant people and we say we are in such a time as this and that we will reveal our true identity lord that we will take the risk to speak we will take the risk to stand and father that no matter what happens that we are committed to your kingdom and to be able to benefit people by the willingness to lay down our life for your glory, for your name, and for your honor. And I welcome your grace and your anointing to rest on each one as your spirit just resonates with these words, with whichever elements in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, wow, Bruce. <clears throat> I'm supposed to respond to that. <laughs> <laughs> I, he knows me. I, I guess the words I hear is uh, activation, mobilization, and take risk. Pretty well. And I just believe that we have done a lot of the, even today, we have made a lot of declarations about who we are and how we are not going to be intimidated. And we, we are just um, moving forward as the Ecclesia.
we will not be silent, we will not be pacifists, and we will move forward with full faith, with boldness, and in one voice. So we receive it. We just, I just stand in the gap, and for our, for this company of Watchmen, and we say we receive the word from Bruce, Pastor Bruce Friesen, and we just say that we will mobilize, we will move forward, and we will understand that we cannot decree unless we have done all these other leg work as well in, in a lot of circumstances, because there are a lot of repentance that need to be done as well, identification of sins and repentance. And it does take up, just as Esther, we, it does mean that we have to know that we will be sacrificing of ourselves. So, we thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for Pastor Bruce for what he has brought forward to us today. And we know that it will take time for us to actually absorb all that he has said, but we will do so as a company of watchmen standing, standing for Canada. In Jesus' mighty name, thank you, Lord. Dan quacking. <laughs> Yes, just to end this time, I have asked Lynn from, Lynn, are you from Nanaimo? No. Victoria. Uh, oh, my goodness. Okay. Company of other Victorians. Strong, yeah, we have strong Victoria <laughs> representation um, on, from Vancouver Island. I've asked Lynn just to decree, it has to do with Canada's destiny so just to to release a word i've heard the word the lord gave it to her and i just thank you so much for position positioning yourself lynn at the feet of jesus to hear the word that he would have released over canada this day and just really bless you as you sacrifice to get into that position and and to hold that message and then after lynn then i would call upon Teresa to lead us in worship. Uh, sorry, it is worship in communion. So Gord's going to just read the, the scripture. In Revelations 22, 2, it says, and the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nation. This is a scripture that has been spoken prophetically over Canada. Lord, we believe it's in Canada's spiritual DNA to bring healing to the nation. Yes, Lord, we decree that Canada will continue to rise up into her redemptive calling. And as she steps into her anointing, nations will be healed so that they can walk in the destiny that you have for them, Lord. We declare that Canada will serve other nations. She will lead other nations in reconciliation healing. In Canada's redemptive brokenness in the body of Messiah, the church will rise up in a spirit of humility and it will be like a healing bomb of Gilead in the hearts of men. Chains will be broken, captives will be set free, a release of oil like the oil running down Aaron's beard flowing across Canada and overflowing to other nations, oil of unity, reconciling families and communities and nations. We declare that no weapon formed against the nation of Canada can hinder or keep her from being obedient to her calling of God. Canada will break through the resistance and she will declare your truth. 
and God's word will have dominion from sea to sea. It will be shouted from mountaintop to mountaintop for his name's sake. Just as we see the spiritual bonfires being lit across our nation by the Holy Spirit, Canada will and is lighting fires across the nations on the earth. And I saw a glory banner that was being raised over our nation. And it's inviting all to catch the glory fire, the glory fire that's not only on this nation, but for all nations. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. What an encouraging word for Canada in the context of our global family. Again, it's such an honor to be with each one here in the nation that you represent. It seems like new babies, they take longer than you expect them to take. We had anticipated a minimum of 10 minutes to pray. For, there is a few prayer points that we had specific to Purim, but we can forward that on to Canada Watch mm -hmm. if um, I can forward that just yeah, I, I can put them on the links for, for you to see that. So I'll call Teresa to, to lead us in communion. So, Papa, Father, we come before you with overflowing gratitude mm -hmm. for your love, Jesus, for your atoning sacrifice. Holy Spirit, please bring us now as we prepare our hearts to receive you everything that we need to nurture this new thing that you're bringing about in our midst. Healing, unity, oneness, everything that we need to experience, all that you have prepared for us at this table. It is through you and you alone that we have new life. It's more than a celebration of a memorial, Father, but it's the life you offer and it's supernatural. It's a living covenant that brings us into unity with your life everlasting. So Jesus, you took the bread and declared that this was your flesh. So we rejoice and we eat the food that um, endures to eternal life. And we take it in faith, believing. And you took the wine and said, this is the blood of my covenant. Drink and be transformed and strengthened spiritually and physically. Fill us today, Jesus, with your powerful spirit so that we might continue to say yes to you and follow where you're leading us. Amen. Susan, we invite you to close this time. If you have, if you would like to make an announcement about the Esther decree coming up with next week, right? Oh, yes. Pastor Friesen, you are just right on spot, right on time with this word. Thank you so much. And I'm going to direct people to listen to this in preparation for next week because we do have a real uh, strategy that has percolated through the nations. Mm -hmm. it's, been a, it's been a joint effort um, that started with the Heavens Initiative when we started the first three weeks of this year. 
And now we're into the season going into pure. But on Wednesday at 3 p.m. Jerusalem time, now we're all going to, some of us are going through daylight saving time this weekend. So get familiar with timeanddate.com. Don't ask me what time to show up. <laughs> Go to timeanddate.com and look up 3 p.m. Jerusalem time. It's the time of the evening sacrifice. We are going to do a unified declaration of an Esther decree that has been worked on through Arab, Israel, First Nations groups, people looking at it, Iran, Iran Alive has looked at it and approved of it. So it's a culmination of agreements and uh, inputs. This mm -hmm. is a basic declaration that we're going to all together proclaim at 3 p.m. Jerusalem time on that watch that Wednesday afternoon, the 16th, the beginning of Purim. Then all of us, we're asking people to register, but around the world, we're going to be at 3 p.m. our local time. We will declare it. You can do it in groups. You can do it by yourself. You can do it in your closet, but do it unto the Lord. And it's basically declaring a lot of his word right back to him. And I'm believing it's going to be a strategic strike in all this Haman stuff that's coming at to us. And Pastor Friesen, you really highlighted that very well and very clearly. And thank you for that. And then 3 p.m. on Thursday, we'll start 24 hours of worship from the nations. We have from Myanmar to Iran to Israel to Africa, all participating in this. It's, I, I couldn't believe it. it. It filled up and I'm so thankful for it. Yeah, we're set to go. We have one slot from 6 to 7 a.m. Israel time yet. So if there's somebody out there that wants to contribute, it, welcome to the family. But th this is the, the thing. It's going to set us up for the end of Purim, which is Friday. And after the 24-hour worship watch, we will go into a time, an hour's time slot, a watch, where we're going to be releasing women into their ministry and calling Mordecai's to, the place, to their place in the watch. I think it'll be a very powerful time. Karen uh, Davis is going to lead us from uh, Israel, from Mount Carmel. And I, I, there's just a lot of, I feel the lion roaring in me for this call to take our place. And then that will roll right into an inter international Shabbat. I know this is a lot, but I hope you're getting it. An international Shabbat, 5 p.m. Friday, next Friday, Jerusalem time. Avi Mizrahi and Kaya will lead us from Israel in the Shabbat. We'll have Iran alive with us. We'll have Arab representation. I hope we'll have both Russia and Ukraine representation as well for the healing of the nations. And that will close off this whole initiative of the Esther call and the call to the wall. It's not going to close it off. It's really the gateway to this. And Canada, you have really birthed something here and we welcome you. Singapore is also online and we will be welcoming them into the watch as well. And I'm believing for every tribe and tongue to be involved in setting up their rampart, their watch. It should be very empowering for you and I hope freeing for you to just begin to take that plunge and stand as watchmen as God calls us to link together in this hour. So here we go. Thank you, everyone. And yes, we do want those notes. Karen, can you put the notes in the Global Watch community as well? Because I want to direct people to do it. 
And thank you, all of you, Canada. Thank you so much. We love you. you. And there's can nothing we, you can do about it. <laughs> we don't want that to change. Can everyone mute <laughs> and say shalom, love you, whatever God puts on shalom. your heart? Shalom. <laughs> <laughs>